ha 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 <laughs> Already off to a better start than we were last time. You're welcome. But hey. I'm Will. I'm Trish. And I'm Blake. And we're two guys, a girl in that movie place. Got that right too. God uh -huh. damn. Batting a thousand. Fuck it all the way. I'm gonna completely shit the bed on Word this. Word murder. Word murder. <laughs> but we're doing a very interesting movie this episode. And the reason why. It took us so long to get this episode out. Was because Trish our very own Miss Trish decided this movie was this was the movie. This was the one that she had to do her her own research for. Cause it was wrong. And it was hard for her to find <laughs> the stuff that she needed to find. Very, very difficult. But we're doing the movie Venom. From 2005, also known as The Reaper, also known as Backwater. A.K.A. Other AKA. shit. <laughs> A.K.A. A horrible movie that did not make anywhere near its budget. I will go ahead and give you that much. Yeah, a lot of people had their hands on this movie at one point in time. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how many times it passed. Yeah. Past hands. Well, it's like, um, I don't know if you ever watched it, but The Strain... The vampire show that was on FX. Yeah, yeah. I got the, like, um, six episodes. And that I... was such a good show. We need to actually watch it. But um, Guillermo del Toro originally came up with the idea in the 90s oh. for it and went to <coughs> Fox and pitched it as a series. X-Files kind of thing. Yeah. And they turned him down. And a few years later, he was talking to a friend of his and showed him the rough draft he had for the uh, idea. He's all, you should really turn this into a novel because this would be amazing. Well, Guillermo del Toro is a movie guy. He doesn't really know about writing books. So he got in touch with um, a, a guy who wrote mainly police procedural books, Chuck Hogan. Mm -hmm. And that's how they came up with the Strange Trilogy. Well, that book series sold so well, he goes back to Fox. He's all like, hey, motherfuckers, you want a second shot of this? Turn it into a four-season uh, show that was actually really fucking good okay but back to this yeah back shit to this show. it's like shit show venom oh i did it i did Order. i did um it was directed by jim gillespie who also did i know what you did last summer is it gillespie or is it Gillespie? gillespie gillespie okay yeah but he also did i know what you did last summer so it should have been better it should have been way better what the? With a better script, I feel like it would have been way better. What is she eating? I don't think she's eating anything. She's is she just stuck under the cabinet again. No, she just forced herself under the cabinet. I'm oh. gonna have to fish her out here in a little bit. She's soon to our pit bull, by the way, yeah. is soon to be stuck under the cabinet. In yeah. case you're wondering. Um, Trish. Yes. What was the budget for this movie? I have no fucking idea. <sighs> Okay, there was a lot of CGI. There was. And there was a lot of special effects makeup. There was. And they basically tore apart a house. They did. Yeah, but you can buy one of those for like $5,000. You can. a nice house. Like, I would have lived in this house. Fucking allegedly. Um, I would totally live in a house would, like that in yes. Louisiana. That'd be yes, fucking that's, awesome. That's like dream home material. So I'm going to say around a hundred grand. Hundred grand, a hundred grand for the total budget. Yeah. Okay, that's way low. Uh, Blake. Eleven million. Eleven million. 
Uh, the actual budget was $25 million. Mm. I fucking win. I'm bad with numbers. Have I mentioned that math makes me cry? A little bit. Is she eating the door now? No, she's trying to get out from underneath the cabinet. <laughs> fatty, fatty, two by four. Can't get out of my kitchen floor. <laughs> <laughs> and she's completely fucking stuck. Blake, could you... um Unstuck uh, the pit bull, baby. Uh, unstuck the pup. Are you still... We are recording from our kitchen tonight, so it's going to yep. be interesting. We're, we're trying to play with audio quality and whatnot. Don't do that. I was just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can do it. Do you need the butter? <laughs> I don't think she. Oh. I don't think she's ready to come out. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you. You just gonna join her under there? <laughs> yes. Coming out. Can you get out? I'm gonna take that like as a yes. Okay. <laughs> She's fine. She just wants to stay. <laughs> she says she just needs a couple minutes. She, she needs to evaluate all the choices she's made in her life to lead her to this position. That's not how you come out. <laughs> <laughs> What's she doing? She's trying to go around like her her head's coming out one side, but the leg is between her leg and her paws. So she's fighting to get out, but she can't go anywhere because the leg's blocking her. <laughs> Oh, I try to help you out, and you want to just run under there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, um, we're going to pause for a minute and take care of this uh, Gaddafi situation. We will be right back. All right, crisis averted. <laughs> yep, we got her out. She's fine. We had to lure her out with a piece of kielbasa. Yes, it works. It works. But uh, Trish, how much do you think this movie made? I read that a little bit. You read that, so you got it. It was like eight hundred and some thousand. Yeah, it, it did not make anywhere near its budget back. It made because it was shit. Eight hundred eighty-one thousand seven hundred and seventy-nine dollars. Sorry, I cheated. It was on accident. Cents. Yep, it's okay. You didn't mean to. <laughs> but uh, it stars. I didn't get a turn. Well, that's because. I was going to guess 17 million. Well, that was wrong. That was wrong. <laughs> um, it stars Agnes Buckner. We know her Agnes. from um, Once Upon a Time. And Matilda. She played Lily Page. Um, she was played Anna Nicole Smith in the movie Anna Nicole. Uh, she was in Murder by Numbers, The Glass House, and The Bold and the Beautiful. Really? Yes. Hmm. To what? The Bold and the Beautiful or The Glass House? Uh, Murder by Numbers. Oh. I yeah. love that movie. Whoa. I actually went to the theaters and seen that movie when it came out. I had a crush on the bad guy. per the usual. I can't remember who played the bad guy on that. I don't remember his name either, but he was beautiful. But um, Jonathan Jackson's in this. He, he was on uh, Nashville. Uh, he was in General Hospital. He played... and the who reason did he, Who did he play in the movie? Uh, he played the boyfriend. Okay, so he was one of the lead characters with absolutely no Southern Yeah. Uh, yeah, accent. that's... That, that, How did he play yeah. in Tennessee and not have a... That's stupid. Listen, guys. Yeah, that's something we got to um, talk about real quick before we go any further. 
They were just degens from up country. <laughs> this movie takes place in fucking Louisiana. I'm not sure. I'll, southern Louisiana. Southern Louisiana. And there is not a southern accent to be had by anybody in this entire nope. movie. Nope. Yes, there is. Who? Um, Ray. The Manba. She had a southern accent. Her granddaughter had a southern accent. Method Man had a southern accent. Only the people of color had a southern accent. Oh. All of the white people did not. Holy shit. Boy. One of my pet peeves. Just one. Yeah. But he played Lucky Spencer on General Hospital. And the only reason why I wrote down the character's name is because I remember growing up, my mom was really big in the General Hospital and all my children. Mm, gosh. All so my children. I remember this dude from General Hospital. So that was kind of, he was kind of a main character in that. He was in Terminator the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Sarah, you um, Sarah, Sarah Connor Sarah Connor Chronicles. He was in Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. I saw that. That was a good movie. I didn't. He was in Tuck Everlasting. <gasps> I saw Tuck Everlasting. And he was in a movie that we're definitely doing for this podcast because it was one of my favorite movies growing up. Tremors. No. Oh. <laughs> you're not wrong, but you're also not right on I mean, this particular I'll case. Not wrong. He was in a movie called Camp Nowhere with Christopher Lloyd. Hmm. Yeah, I believe he played the role or the lead role in that. Uh, Laura Ramsey was in this movie. I forgot to write down her character's name because is that I'm, Gordon's wife? No, because oh. I'm bad at this sort of thing apparently. But she was in a really good movie that I think I've gotten Trish to watch. I don't think I've got Blake to watch yet. Called No One Lives. Mm. There's a turn in that movie about 15 minutes in that. You don't expect coming, and after that, the movie just fucking falls apart. No, it doesn't fall apart. It flourishes. It does flourish like a flower. Yes, a pretty flower. It throbs. I uh, thought you said throbs. <laughs> I was like, that got sexual real quick. Uh, she was in the ruins. <laughs> Which one was she? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else was she in? Did you stop drinking my coffee? She was in She's the Man. And she was in Lords of Dogtown. Dogman? No. No, Lords, Lords of, of Dogtown. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, Johnny Knoxville and Heath Ledger are also in that movie. And Heath Ledger is goddamn near unrecognizable in it. Dogma or? Lords of Dogtown, Blake. That's what I said. Slum Dog Manor. <laughs> I love you. Um, this movie had a really weird little, like, um, there was a lot of people in this movie that was in, a, that were in another movie together, and mm -hmm. it was kind of weird, because um, the next two people were both in Shazam together. Uh, DJ Katarona, he was in Shazam as one of the um, transformed kids. Keep thinking you're gonna say Sham Wow. He was uh, he played uh, Seth Gecko and uh, from Dust Till Dawn series. He was in GI Joe Retaliation and he was also in Dear John. And then Megan Good was also in the Shazam movies as one of the grown up heroes. She was in she's in the next um, Jamie Foxx movie coming up about the vampires Day Shift. I kind of want to see that when it comes out. It looks like it's gonna be pretty good. Um, she was in Think Like a Man 1 and 2. 
She was in Anchorman 2. She was in The Unborn. She was in Saul 5. A movie that I want to do for the podcast, but Church has already said that she vetoes. She vetoed it before the podcast even started. The Love Guru. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, she was in One Missed Call and Stomp the Yard. Now, Bijou Phillips is in this movie, and I really dislike Bijou Phillips. Who's that? Know. She was the thieving white girl at the beginning who was hanging out with the gay dude. Oh, yeah. the One of the... Well, yeah, she got... Yeah. She got she it. Was, she was one of the first white kids to get killed. Yep. One of the few white kids to get killed. Yeah. She was in Raising Hope, The Bridge to Nowhere, It's Alive, Dark Streets, Choke, the remake of The Wizard of Gore, Hostel 2, and Almost Famous. Hostel. As Trish mentioned, this movie also has Method Man. Yes. I love me some Method Man. Be it rapping or acting. Mm-hmm. We all know Method Man from How Ha, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, Shaft 2019, Trainwreck, Red Tells, The Sitter with um, Jonah Hill. He was on The Wire. He was in Soul Plane. He was in Garden State. He did one of the voiceovers in that uh, weird MTV um Kung Fu movie that they put out, Volcano High, where they had um, pretty much the Wu-Tang Clan and their friends come in and voice over the Asian actors. Mm. <laughs> nah, dude, don't laugh. It was, it was fucking fun. It was good. He was in the TV show. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got my toe bit. <laughs> <laughs> he was in the TV show Oz. He was in 187 with Sam Jackson. That's like the second time that movie's come up. And as many weeks, or as many episodes. We're going to have to watch that movie. He was in the movie Copland also. Yeah. Got some fun facts about this movie. There's fun facts? Hey. Are they actually fun? Dolomite. It, it, it could give you some idea as to why the movie was the way it was. Okay, let's, let's go. Uh... The movie was based on the story for an unmade survival horror video game. I knew that. Um, That's why it's so slashery. Yes. In the game version, Ray, his nickname was Mr. Jangles because of his keys. His keys, yep. And when you hear them jangling, that's how you know he was near. So that's, like, I think during the um, description on Amazon that we saw it mentioned. That's why I missed, okay. Yeah. But they never called him Mr. Jangles. In the fucking movie. movie. But the movie starts out with an older woman digging a grave. Well, we assume she's digging a grave because she's in a graveyard. Yeah. Turns out she is a voodoo priestess known as a mamba. And she is digging up a suitcase that has snakes in it. And I found out during my research of the movie that the snakes in the suitcase were black mamba snakes. Which aren't even indigenous to the United States, let alone Louisiana. So, I mean... So, I guess it's a good thing she had them in a suitcase. Right, buried in a cemetery. I mean... You can get just about anything if you know the right people. I thought you were going to say if you bury it in the right place. I mean... Both are true. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... She's digging up the suitcase, and 
we cut to uh, her performing a voodoo ritual. She's putting on her head wrap, which is red. She's mm -hmm. wearing a white dress, which is traditional. Mm -hmm. And she's got a red sash around her waist. Yeah, the thing about that, I'm going to interject, is um, during ceremonies and rituals, you know, um, the high priestess or the priest, they wear white because white represents purification and all that, purity. Um, now, the color of their headdress and sash are always linked to whatever loa or spirit they are contacting or working with so the red for me intrigued me you know automatically also that she was in a graveyard um so we'll get to the rest of that in a little bit go ahead yep um you see a snippet of her performing some sort of ritual at this point. We don't know what the ritual... I don't think we ever find out exactly what the ritual she's performing in the graveyard is. We don't, and that's part of what or, pissed me off. We do find out why she dug up the suitcase. We found out why she dug up yeah. the suitcase. Well, and that's later on in the movie. She has the um, snakehead talisman yes. necklace. Yes, yeah, she takes a talisman necklace off of the suitcase mm -hmm. and puts it around her neck. Mm -hmm. But then we jump cut to a... Shake shop? Shake shop, yeah, little greasy spoon diner teen hangout kind of place. And this is where we meet the cast for the movie. We got the lead chick, whose name escapes me, Agnes yeah. Buckner is the actress's Girl next name. Door. Yeah, Mary, she's a Mary Sue. Yeah. We meet her, who we find out is her ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Um, his friend... Basically, her group of friends. Yeah, her group of friends. And then a tow truck pulls up, and the guy gets out and goes up to pick up his food. It's Ray, the tow truck driver. And AKA. they think he's really creepy because he has a scar on his face. Yeah, and we find out that he's one of the he's the father of one of the kids in the group. Yeah. And they, you know, they make fun of him. They berate him. All of that stuff. Uh, the one slutty girl, because you always have a slutty girl in the friend group in the movies like this. Mm -hmm. BG slutty, yeah, the slutty girl like flashes him and shit. Yeah. I think that's why I don't like Bijou Phillips, because every time you see her in something... She's playing a slutty girl? She's playing the same fucking... It's like Just the same rude. character, different name. So yeah. at this point, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> but... After they establish all the characters, they jump cut again to uh, the Mary Sue lead character. If you don't know what a Mary Sue character is, I just realized some people might not know that term. The goody-goody of the friend group. The goody-goody of the friend group. She's good at everything. We find out that she's going to, she's leaving town to go to um, college in New York. That's why her and her boyfriend, her boyfriend were on the outs because he wanted to... They were supposed to go to, like, community college or yeah. something together. And she wanted something more. She was able to get... She had the grades to be... I think she was getting into Columbia. I think that's what something. they said. But, um... They're standing on the side of a bridge. Because that's the perfect place Having to this fucking, fucking conversation. conversation. And then, um... Ray pulls up and almost runs him down. Pretty much because in a deuce and a half tow truck, yeah, in a big ass deuce and a half tow truck, because they're sitting there having this long, drawn out fucking domestic conversation. His car's on the bridge. Her bike is on the side of the bridge. There Ray's, isn't much room. Ray's tow trucks on the other side of the bridge. 
And it's not like a four or five lane bridge. It's like a little ass country road, single lane, two lane bridge. Single lane, two lane? I had to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and Ray gets out of the truck. He's all like, yeah, you're real fucking smart parking on the side of a bridge. You know, pretty much saying, you know, common sense shit. And then the mamba comes barrel. She's not really barreling down the road. No, bro. She's cooking. She's hitting at least 60. You think so? I didn't think she was no, going to. I mean, if that car she was a little preoccupied because she had the suitcase right. in the back seat and she was worried about something. Yeah. She was texting and driving, bro. <laughs> Trying to get her Spotify on. But she winds up going off of the bridge. Because she almost hit the two teenagers. Yeah, she almost hit the two teenagers. Her car is kind of like precariously teetering, teetering on the edge of the bridge. They're able to get her out of the car. And then she begs Ray pretty much with her dying breath. To get the suitcase. To get the suitcase out of the back. He goes back into the car. The To the kid's credit, you know, the boyfriend character, I'm really bad at. I need to start writing down character names. names. I didn't especially, care for them, so. especially in a movie like this. We're going to call him Johnny. When we do SLC Punk eventually, because we're doing that, because I love that movie and Blake's never seen it. Oh. And I blubber, like ugly cry every time I watch it. Okay. Um, we won't have this problem because I know all those character names by heart. <laughs> <laughs> but um, boy, boyfriend dude actually tries to stop Ray. Yeah. He warns him that the car is getting ready to go. He needs to... Yeah, their two characters are the ones that kind of like... They don't see Ray as this creepy guy. Right. They see him as a person. Right. Time out. What? I just want to say, like, what pissed me off is, like, he wanted to spout all this common sense shit, but he didn't take his fucking cable and hook it to the back of the car to keep it from fucking precariously teetering. Yeah, true. Leave it to the stoner. Yeah. I didn't think about that. But anyway, <laughs> he, gets, he gets in the car. He's getting in the back seat to get the... Suitcase, the car goes over. Well, no. Um, the suitcase pops open. The snakes pop the suitcase open. After the car's already in the water. Because Black Mambas no. are also legendary. It's him rocking after he gets tagged in the chest oh, and knocks okay. it over. Yeah, that's right. The sudden shift of weight causes it to go over into the river. Ray's dead. Yes. Allegedly. He. They find his body. He's all chewed up by snakes. Yep. Um, we find out that the voodoo priestess was the grandmother of one of the characters we met at the, the beginning group. of the movie in the friend group. And it, that pisses me off because... Her name was Cece. Yeah, yeah we remember her name because yeah. she's awesome. I love, um, well, I love Megan Good. She's a great actress. So. But also, in the friend group, she's an outcast. Yeah. Like, she's on the outskirts of the friend group. Like, they all kind of secretly talk shit about her. I wouldn't even say that she's in the friend group. She just happens to work at the same yeah. burger place as Mary Sue. So, she, how does she, she they call her or whatever? Yeah, I think the sheriff and deputy, the sheriff and deputy meth, method man. Deputy method man. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Um, get a hold of her and let her know that her grandmother was in an accident and she happens to pull up right as her grandmother is dying. Yeah. And she sees the talisman, her grandmother, did she whisper it to her or something like that? I, I think that... She kind of has an inkling yep. of what's going on and she takes off to her grandmother's house. Yeah. Then um, they transport Ray's body to the morgue. This is where we have our first death. Other than, like, our first death of the slasher killer. Yeah. 
It didn't even do the screechy thing. <laughs> it's the um, coroner. This movie really suffers from a lot of tropisms. Meaning that they rely heavily on a lot of the tropes of the slasher horror genre to get by and... I know it was 2005 and whatever, but still, killing a black dude first isn't really a good look. Mm-hmm. But Ray comes back. He's possessed by... Well, we don't know what he's possessed by yet, but I'll go ahead and tell you because I seriously doubt you're going to watch this movie. Well, in like a 15, 20-minute, yeah. we find out. He's, the snakes are vessels for evil spirits and when they bit ray the evil spirits were transferred into ray's yes, body yes uh, it's explained that the grandmother the mamba she had performed milking ceremonies to milk the evil spirits out of bad people basically um criminals right before they died she took their spirits so into the, the they would be clean for the afterlife and be able to mm -hmm. go to paradise but um ray winds up killing the coroner method man is trying to drive his truck back to his garage yep. doing a bad job yeah fucks up the police car yeah yeah ray shows up kills method man so i mean within five minutes we got Two black guys being brutally murdered. Mm -hmm. It's not a good look for the movie. Mm -mm. I'm not trying to be quote unquote woke or anything. I'm just saying it like it's just as blatant. Yeah, it's a quote unquote woke. I guess yeah. I did. Um, but yeah, I think there's only like three white people that die. Three. Four white people and a Hispanic guy. Yeah. Yep. But, um, so we know that, okay, basically Ray's zombie body <coughs> goes on a killing spree. And it's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Mary Sue goes to visit her father's grave the next day and sees Ray's truck pulling away from the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And for some reason... A vault is open. A, yeah, a vault is open. She doesn't go inside the vault to see what's going on. Mm -mm. But for some reason, she um, decides that, well... And it's on the other side of the cemetery. It's on, I noticed, because there are the um, wind chimes, yeah. the trees made of bone. That is the <coughs> basically the voodoo <coughs> burial grounds, you know, people that practice right. and all of that. And the name, that's another thing that I forgot to, the name on the um, vault. Was... I didn't see the name on the vault. Well, I'm pretty sure it said LaCroix. I, like I said, I didn't notice the name on the vault. I'm sure it did say something, but I didn't notice. But, um, boyfriend or, um, friend friends get Mary Sue to go to the beach with them while they're at the beach. Um, Bijou Phillips and her little um, clone friend decide to stop at the now closed gas station 
that was raised because Ray's dead <coughs> to use his bathroom. <coughs> they wound up dying brutally, which <coughs> I'm not gonna lie, I cheered a little bit when BG Phillips died. It was hey, you're not supposed to rob the register of a dead man. No, she yeah, she robbed his register, like which Oh bad. Yeah. But I mean, BG Phillips dying in this gave me the same like Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished feeling, like not to make me sound like a psycho killer or anything, that Paris Hilton dying in House of Wax gave me. Hmm. See. But while they're at the beach, or the beach, quote unquote beach, it's a lake, um, Ray's illegitimate son is getting progressively more drunk. And decides to take off, and then boyfriend guy goes after him, trying to be a good friend or whatever, because he's, like, super smashed and really shouldn't be riding that fucking motorcycle. He did really good, though. Well, movie magic. Don't uh, don't yeah. drink and drive, kids. Yeah, I'm not saying that it, it's a good idea. I'm just saying, like, if he really was drunk, he did a good job. But that's not a good thing. Yeah, don't drink and drive, kids. Right, I'm not touching that. I'm the guy that's got through the U.S., so. <coughs> um, after they leave, the main character decides <coughs> to go see Cece at her grandma's house <coughs> because something just doesn't feel right, and she can't explain why she saw Ray's truck leaving the graveyard. And they get there, and it's it got dark really fast in this movie. Did it you did. guys it notice did. that? Like, they get there and it's daylight. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it shifts scenes to night when, they, when boyfriend and Ray's son are at the uh, garage and they're fucking shit up. Yeah. But here in a second is when I turn the podcast over to Trish because she's got a lot to say about the last 30 minutes or so of this movie. <laughs> oh, that's the whole thing. You ready? Yep. Okay. So, hmm. Uh, I practice the craft, and I am what you would call an eclectic hedge witch. So, um, anytime I see a movie that has anything to do with any sort of craft, I tend to pick it apart because Hollywood is known for just. Fucking shit up. Completely fucking it up. Um, so in the movie, basically the movie has heavy voodoo, I would say undertones, but it's really... It's not it's, undertones, it's, it's overtones. It's like, just the it, whole thing. They're there. It starts out with voodoo. Yeah. So it is a movie about voodoo. And I cannot wrap my head around why they would kill... All of the characters of color. All of them. And the, you know, white girl that has absolutely no knowledge or ties to voodoo saves the day. That pissed me off. Um, okay, yeah, the Mamba was killed in the beginning of the movie. She died. Okay. Right. It makes sense that her granddaughter, who she was training, would have been the one to save the day from a story standpoint and a writing standpoint that is a logical place to go i yeah. completely agree with you 100 percent. because yeah, but even the granddaughter 
A, she was ridiculed by the friend group in the beginning of the movie. And then the friend group came to her to check on her, found out what was going on. You know, she kind of brought them in the uh, up to date with everything. You know, she's at her grandmother's house. There is a temple there. You know, um, it made sense. And that's kind of the direction they were going with it. And then she dies. Horribly. Horribly. Like, yeah, like they drop a fucking house on her. They treat her like the wicked fucking witch. Yeah. And then... Wait a minute. The f- did they drop the house on her or did they They tore the her? house apart. Yeah. No, she didn't get treated. Okay. The other... The other got, white girl got yeah, that, treated. Yeah. But, yeah, like it was just... It was all fucked. Anyway. So, going back to the beginning where we see the Mamba performing the ritual. Um, digging the... A suitcase, yeah, it was a suitcase out of the graveyard. Okay, so <clears throat> there are already things wrong with this because she's wearing red. Right. Now the Loa of the cemetery are Baron Samdi and his wife, Mama Bridget. Their colors are black, purple, and green. Right. Okay. There was none of that. But they are the protectors of the, of the cemetery. Baron Sandy is the he's the one that decides if you die. If he doesn't bear if he doesn't dig your grave, you don't die. If he likes you, he will refuse to dig your grave and you will be healed. If he doesn't care for you, he'll dig that motherfucker fast. Um there was no rum. No. No, there was no offering at all to the Loa in this scene, which made no sense to me. At all. So there was no rum, there was no offering, there was no milk, nothing. Okay, so there's that. We have snakes in a suitcase and a snake talisman, snake head talisman. All right. The Loa that is associated with snakes are uh, Dembala. And um, his wife, Ada Weddo. Wait a minute, did I say that right? Yeah, Ada Weddo. Okay. So they're benevolent. They're part of the um, Rada Loa, which are the more <sighs> sweeter tempered. They are the Loa of wisdom, of fertility, and creation. Their colors are green and white. So that's not there, but the snakes are there. Right. So it took me a long time trying to figure out snake, zombie, death with Loa in voodoo. Because the snake traditionally represents fertility. It represents um, transmutation, literally turning one thing into another thing. Uh, It represents protection. Sometimes in voodoo and hoodoo and even some uh, southern folk magic, you can use a snake, a venomous snake, as a uh, focal object to um, send illness or even death to a person. But there's a lot more that goes into that. Right. Um, So it took me a hot minute. I had to literally go through the list of Loa to figure this, the color red out. So... Baron Samdi, he has a a duality counterpart, the Baron Criminal. It's spelled with a K, E-L instead of L-E. 
So it starts to make sense for me there. Now the symbols or the vives in the floor of the temple. Looking at them, it looks like at first glance a vive for Dimbala. But it has the cross on the top of it, which would be the Baron Samdi. Now in voodoo, your vives, your symbols have to be symmetrical. They have to be exact because that is a doorway you're opening for the lower to come through. So if it's not right, ain't shit happening. Right. Or you're going to piss them off and then they're going to get you in your dreams. Um, so that bothered me. All right. So criminal, barren criminal. His colors are white, purple, black, and deep blood red. Now, he is known as the first murderer, and um, <clears throat> he resides over, like the Baron Samdi, you know, death, cemeteries, stuff like that, but also criminals and zombies. He's also known as the captain of zombies. Now, Samdi, one of his jobs is to make sure that bodies rot so they cannot be brought back as mindless zombies but now criminal can use rotted bodies to make zombies to do his bidding so and you don't really hear a lot about this side of you know sandy um he also carries a sack of heads that hold the souls of the criminals he punishes because he is the first murderer and a cannibal, it is his job to make sure the souls of the wicked are punished. And what he does is he has a rusted spoon and is it a, no, a rusted fork and knife that he eats his, the flesh of his um, victims with. So that kind of makes sense with the whole zombie ray thing. You notice that the things that but he I uses... even made a comment in, when we were watching the movie about how... There was a lot of things wrong with the movie, but mm -hmm. one thing that I really liked was the degradation of Ray mm -hmm. throughout the movie. Yes, he rots. Yeah. He continues to rot. They did a good job with that. But also, the weapons he chooses are rusted. Yeah. So, I kind of made that connection last night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, they got a lot wrong. But the movie, if you do the research and you look it up and you figure out what's what, the movie makes a little more sense. Because the way they portray it, you know, I hate it when you see a movie about voodoo. For some reason, there's always snakes involved. The serpent and the rainbow. Yeah, the I serpent and the with rainbow. A zombie. And the serpent and the rainbow is literally Dimbala's wife. Yeah. She is a rainbow-colored serpent. But again, they are loving Loa that are symbolisms of creation and wisdom. And I hate it when Hollywood does that. Because, yes, voodoo can be scary. Some of the loa can be extremely dangerous. Okay. Which is why white girls that have absolutely no ties or knowledge or initiation, nothing to voodoo, should be saving the day. At right. all. Well, and she uses the mamba's talisman, her personal talisman. To right. inflict that damage. was a big sticking point for you when we were watching yes, this. Yes, because there's no way she should have been able to use Because anything. it was a personal talisman. It was her personal talisman. 
There's no way at all that she, her granddaughter should have been able to. Her granddaughter was until they fucking killed her. Yeah. You know? And that's what, like, really got me was this girl had absolute... Why? Why? Just why? And then she fixes everything with a fucking truck. <laughs> she fixed voodoo with a truck. Like, no. I'm sorry, but no. In La Croix. I'm pretty sure on the mausoleum that was open, the vault that was open, it said La Croix. Which is another aspect of the Baron Samedi. Yes. Thank or you. Or Samedi, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's pronounced a yeah. few different ways. Yeah. I probably have the pronunciation wrong. I apologize if I do. Um, We're not I voodoo have, experts. We just... I, in, in no way. No. I have a deep appreciation for voodoo. Um, unfortunately, I have not been initiated in that, so... I will not call on the Loa or any of that because it's ancestral and I don't want to piss anyone off and especially the Baron because if you piss him off, like, you may wake up dead. Mm -hmm. That's like well, you're asleep dead waking up alive. No, it's like um, a couple years ago, we, we talked about this. The, With American Horror Story. Uh, yeah. This movie made me re-watch American Horror Story Coven. Yeah, um, there was a little girl on TikTok that recreated the one of the ritual scenes from American Horror Story Coven and thinking she was getting in touch with Papa Legba, which is a character that they did not do right in American Horror Story to begin with. Yes, they. it was the Baron, Sandy, and they just called him Papa Legba. And, ouch, no, don't no. do that. Yeah. Like, that in itself was a big no-no. But she did this ritual and 16 years old died of a heart attack in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. yep. We're not saying... And she had called, like texted her friends or something like that. Or called her friend and was like going on about how it was the Baron mm -hmm. instead of Papa. And he was haunting her dreams and that's what they do. That's what they do. But yeah, um, this movie, there's just so much fucking wrong with it. Um, it had potential to be an awesome movie. If the screenwriter would have taken his time and did a little bit of research. And not whitewashed it. Yeah. That, like that, yeah. that was the first thing that pissed me off. Like, how the fuck are you going to do that? Like, voodoo is ancestral. Mm -hmm. Voodoo is a closed practice. So why the hell would you kill off all the people of color? Like, all of them. And make the little white girl. Like, she could have been, you know, assistant hero. Right. You know, and let the granddaughter, Cece, be the hero and come into her own. And that could have actually opened up, you know, for a sequel. Yeah. She could have come into her own, finished her training. You know what this movie made me want? And A better movie? Well, uh, other <laughs> than that. But Boston Cream Pie. I always want a Boston Cream Pie. Fuck you, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, no, like, tell us from the Crypt Demon Knight. Oh, yeah. No, that was supposed to be a trilogy of movies. Yeah. They made two. They made Demon Knight, which came out first, then Bordello of Blood with Dennis Leary. Yeah, Dennis Miller. That was a good one. I watched that one. Oh, and Movie Blake knows. Go figure. Holy shit. Proud of you. I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> but the third movie was supposed to be a voodoo story. In Louisiana. Yeah. And it was supposed to have been written by the same guy who did Demon Knight. 
so I feel like if that movie would have got made and Bordello of Blood wouldn't have bombed as bad as it fucking bombed and that third movie got made, I feel like that could have been an amazing voodoo movie. Yeah. Instead, we got some fucking bullshit called Ritual that came out fucking 20 years after the fact that was a completely different movie that wasn't even fucking associated with the original trilogy that they fucking did a really shitty Crypt Keeper intro for and gave him dreadlocks and a Rasta accent and it was a horrible looking Crypt Keeper. The one thing, I have to say, the one thing that they did get right in the movie was at the grandmother's house, there was a temple. Right. They got the temple right with the pole. The only thing they got wrong is that the symbols on the floor and the V's were written in chalk. Traditionally, you use um, cornmeal or flour or something like that. And it's like very, it takes a long time to learn how to do it perfectly, you know, Mm because you have to put it in your hand and do it. Um, That wasn't right. But like the imagery around the temple room and stuff like that, I noticed there was rum. She uses rum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, And stuff like that. So that part they got right ish. 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 Yes. Uh, He should not have been able to tear the house apart if the house was protected. Then he should not have been able to tear it apart. It was protected from him and whatever he used. The movie did get points for me when they entered the house. There was that line of red brick dust. Yes. Around the door. Yes. That, That was... That made, nice me, touch. that made me happy. Yeah. But, and, I'm sorry. And when they finally started killing white kids, I was happy. Well, I'm not <laughs> sorry. I'm going to totally say this and mean every bit of it. She got her boyfriend killed. She did. She totally did because she, what did she do? She made a noise or something or she sneezed or something like yeah. that. And got him killed. Yeah. If she would have kept her damn mouth shut, her boyfriend probably would have made it. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, there was just a lot wrong with it. I could probably talk for a few more hours about this yeah. movie and pick it apart some more and just, oh, my head hurts thinking about it. Overkill. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Blake, I love you. I love you. Yeah, no. it's, I mean, it's the same with like the movies, The Craft and Practical right. Magic. I love those movies, but I still tear them apart. When they get it wrong. Yeah. Like, if you're going to portray something like that, do it right. Do it justice. At least I'm tired of seeing, especially movies that involve hoodoo or voodoo. Okay. That's for you. Like, I'm the same way with martial arts movies. Yeah. Like, you've watched something like Bloodsport with me, and Mm -hmm. I've been picking apart the fucking fight choreography. It looks good on camera, but in a real fight... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I'm just... I'm tired of seeing movies about voodoo or with the voodoo theme and it's m- more about like devil worship and Sabrina s- yes thank you mm, we're not even gonna go there right now um but it's just it makes it all bad and like that's where zombie movies come from we're from the horror stories of Haitian voodoo and yes they use zombie power it's not no, the same thing no up until 1969, when Night of Living Dead came out, George Romero is directly responsible for what we consider zombies now. Up until then, I walked with a zombie. I was a teenage zombie, white zombie. All those quote-unquote zombie movies were Haitian voodoo zombie movies. Like the idea of a corpse rising from the grave. Yeah. And shambling 
hell, eat the whole brains thing. Mm -hmm. That didn't come about until Richard O'Brien in the eighties. Well, I mean, this time with they didn't return. Have brains, well, no, thankfully. but but you know, like yeah, walk up to a random person on the street. What do zombies eat? Brains. That didn't come about until Return of the Living Dead came yeah. out. Yeah. So, like, our modern concept of zombies is still relatively new. Yeah. It wasn't until, like I said, 69 when Light of the Living Dead came out that we, as a collective, as, all right, well, this is a zombie. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that these zombies had, like, superpowers and shit? No, they were... All right, um... Trish, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm -hmm. I think I'm right about this. Okay. There is... Uh, Haiti where voodoo is still a very widely practiced religion. Yes. Pretty much what the cartels do with tourists and like Colombian shit, um, a combination of, I can't remember what all's in it, but blowing the dust in your face. Zombie dust. Zombie dust. Oh. It lowers your respiration and your heartbeat down to a point where it's damn near in undetectable. So they declare you dead and bury you, then whoever did it would come back, dig you up, and put you to work on a fucking farm for the next X amount of years until your shit came back. Mm -hmm. That's where that's what the voodoo zombie is. Damn. Basically, you're making scopolamine. Yeah. Sorry, I just thought about that. <laughs> yeah, but like the you're making someone your slave. Yeah. By lowering their inhibitions to the point where they can't make decisions for themselves. Yeah, that's why like the cartels are using it down in Central America because they'll fucking drug you with the shit, clean out your fucking bank account, leave you naked on the side of the road. Two days later, you don't know how the fuck you got there or why you're broke. Right. Zero and the recollection whole thing of it. about like I've noticed in a lot of um, voodoo movies, zombies are also like um, like with Ray being possessed. Yep. Okay, the idea of possession in voodoo, and I may be wrong, but to my understanding, um, comes from when they're calling the Loa in ritual and stuff. I can't remember the right word. There are people that are designated to be ridden. They, it's, it's, yeah. I can't remember the word, but it translates to horse. The Loa ride them. They allow themselves to be possessed by the Loa. And, you know, that is mixed in with the Hollywood idea of a zombie, that they're, oh, you're possessed by evil souls, da-da-da-da-da, and that's not right. That's not right. I just, I want one movie that actually represents, shows, you know, not like the inner workings of voodoo, because right. a lot of that is like sacred secret practice. and sacred. But at least a general understanding would be nice. You know what would be cool to do? We'd have to talk to him about it first. I was going to say not scopolamine. Don't mention <laughs> names, please. Our friend from the shop. Our friend from that place. Well, she said we could give the shop a shout out. Okay. Our friend from the shop. Mm -hmm. Have him come and watch a movie like Eve's Bayou or Angel Heart, a mm -hmm. very voodoo heavy movie. Mm -hmm. And have him do the episode with us and give... From a practitioner's point of view. Without divulging sacred much. secrets. Yeah, I think that would yeah. be really fun. We should talk to him about that next because time. Because only initiates and stuff like that know the further, and the, the most sacred yeah. things, you know. Like, that's what makes 
part of it, you know, such a closed practice is because it's word of mouth, like um, with right. Appalachian granny magic. Yeah. You learn things, word of mouth. Or true druidism from Ireland. Yes. They never wrote anything down. It was all from yes. Archdruid to initiate. And mm -hmm. when the Romans came and took over, it was wiped out because nothing was ever written down. It's like I have such oh. a great respect and just admiration for the voodoo religion in general. And it just bothers me so fucking much when I see it portrayed like this. The same thing goes for Santeria. Mm -hmm. There are movies with, you know, heavy themes of Santeria and it's all evil. You know, they portray it as something Mr. bad. Did that today when we were talking about Santeria at the shop. What, hummed? Started singing Sublime. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, I think this was a good episode, guys. We pretty much stayed on the rails. I hope I didn't butcher it. I don't think you did. I think this was a good episode. Um, it's your pick next, babe, so... Oh, is it? Yeah. I kind of want to... Because Eve's buying... Or wait a minute. No, it's... Wait. No, it's mine. Let me have it. What was my last pick? You're, you said you wanted to do China Syndrome. Oh, but... yeah. Never oh, damn it. Why did you have to remind him? I would have fucking remembered this shit whenever I served it up in the morning. Don't fuck with me like that. Yeah, yeah I did Robin Hood. Science. Yeah. So, it's Blake's pick next. So Thanks, it's Sorry. babe. Sorry. I got I got to keep it fair. But See, I might even fucking switch it up. I yeah. Just pick something good, please. Hackers from 1995. I mean, I'm down with Hackers from 1995. And Jolene and Jolie was hot in that movie. She was hot in that movie. I agree with you. <gasps> We agree? Yeah. On a woman? On Angel on a Angelina Jolie. Bro, Holy a, shit. I like Angelina Jolie, but she looks like a fucking carp. Large mouth bass. Yes. I like lips. In Exhibit A. Unwanted. <laughs> we don't wanted? talk about that movie. Oh no, she was too uh, no. Yeah, she looked fucking rough. I I'm talking Angelina Jolie. That movie doesn't exist. In okay. the movie Gia. Angelina Jolie in the movie Original Sin in the Tomb Raiders movie Beyond Borders. Oh my fucking god! Hey, yes. hey, hey! Yeah. We've agreed on a woman before. Who? Selma Hayek. Well, yeah, everybody. <laughs> That's like <laughs> every. But if you don't like Selma Hayek, then you're dumb Ooh. or I mean, dead. I, I held a fucking. I might do Everly. Like you. I, I might pick Everly for an episode because that's a damn good movie. And it's got Selma Hayek in it. And yeah, she's naked like. through the first 20 minutes of it. I mean, I like naked Selma Hayek. Right, do you know what I like? What do you like? I like 24-year-old Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Tilly. I love me some Jennifer yes, Tilly. Yes, I love Jennifer you, Tilly. Yeah, you know what I like? 94-year-old Betty White. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're over time now. Yeah, yeah, we're getting the red flashies. So, um... Oh, shiznit. Stay tuned until you see and see what we're going to do next because we apparently have no idea. We <laughs> do know it's Blake's pick. Till next time, I'm Will. I'm Trish. And I'm Blake. And we're two guys, a girl in that movie place signing off. Later. Oh, oh, fuck. I, she said we could give her a shout-out, so we're going to give her a shout-out. If you're ever in the Sodaville area of Ohio, stop on down at the Mystic Rose Enchanted Emporium and see Trish Blake and myself, along with our wonderful boss, Miss Rose. And the Laughing Crow. And the Laughing Crow Stones. You can get your palm red tarot card spread. You can buy some of our soaps and body stuff. Buy <laughs> one of my paintings. Yeah. 
Sorry, One guys. of Trisha's paintings. You never know what you'll find there. Yeah. Stop in and see us if you're ever around Sodaville, Ohio. But until next time. This we'll is, do a better shout out next episode. Promise. Yeah, we'll need times. This is Two Guys, A Girl, in a Movie Place signing off.